0: Hi, welcome to Sportsy. Let's talk sports. We have spoken about multiple sports and uh, we have spoken about multiple fields in the sports, like athlete or brand management or uh, CSR. Uh, today, we are going to talk to uh, Sam Lee, who is a head of international business and strategy for Sina Sports. Sina Sports is one of the big giants in sports commercialization, sports digital uh, properties, as well as content in China. Uh, Sam is heading their property business, which is one of the biggest properties that they have is FIBA 3x3. Uh, Sam will be talking to us about what are the sports properties and why do they... Why do we need to develop those properties and what are the benefits that we get by those properties? At the same time, we'll talk about some startup consulting as well as the trends in new sports technology. So please welcome Sam Lee from Sina Sports. Thank you for watching. Thank you for liking and thank you for sharing. But please, please do subscribe on our channel Sportsy Says and follow our handle Sportsy Says across all social media platforms. Please help us spread the word about Sportsy. Let's talk sports. Do subscribe on Sportsy Says. Hi Sam. Uh, welcome on Sportsy. Let's talk sports.
1: Hi Zed. Happy yes. to be here.
0: Yes, and uh, it's. Uh, it's I, I know you are. You are in New Zealand, which is a cold weather, but also the background of the Golden Gate also makes it look pretty cool. Uh, so it's a nostalgic Thanks. moment for me as well, looking at the Golden Gate. So, Sam, uh, you have a great career, uh, education-wise, you're a computer science grad, then uh, Michigan law, and after that, postgraduate, again, uh, MBA in Stanford, worked with various places, uh, along with MBA on the whole legal side of that, and from there to moving to uh, something like SENA and uh, looking at uh, creating property and doing the international business. So, uh, if you can just tell us about the journey of a computer science grad to where you are, it will be really great for the listeners.
1: Sure. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a very interesting career that I've kind of uh, luckily landed into and I'm very grateful for it. Uh, I've always wanted to do sports or entertainment. Um, and uh, having grown up in the States, I looked at the, kind of the senior executives in those industries, and there seemed to be a path uh, from the legal side. So a lot of attorneys um, eventually become business leaders in those, uh, in those industries. Uh, more so than I think some of the other industries. Uh, So I said that's something that I would like to pursue. Um, So I attended law school um, and afterwards was really uh, trying to look for ways to break into it. Uh, And then I realized how small those two industries are, Uh, really not large industries and and, and quite difficult to to break into, I would say. Um, So I just Continued along with my, my corporate lawyer uh, career. I was uh, with a New York firm. I was doing corporate uh, capital markets, M&A work. Um, and then it just happened that I knew the partner who was the general counsel at NBA in China. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was kind of the big uh, break for me to, to, to go into the sports industry. Um, I I grew up in the Bay Area, and my team is the Golden State Warriors. Uh, so uh, so all all throughout my youth, and, and and in the States, you you follow a lot of teams that are from the same yes. region that you grew up in. Uh, so I was never a big NBA fan because the Warriors were terrible, uh, and, and our season <laughs> yes. were always very short. I that. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, and uh, so it's uh, so so when when NBA came calling, I'm like, well, I don't know if I really like basketball. Uh, But obviously, I I didn't know much about them. I mean, NBA, um, in terms of any league, I would say around the world, uh, is the most global uh, internationally, you know, recognized. And also, it's probably the most uh, um, forward-looking in terms of technology. Uh, And uh, and so, uh, my three years there, I learned a lot. Uh, you know, I started off in the legal department um, and doing a lot of uh, broadcasting deals, sponsorship deals, licensing deals. Um, and the way that they train attorneys there is very good for uh, the attorneys because it mm-hmm. uh, allows you to be on the front line. Like we're not in a, in a cubicle somewhere. I mean, you're really out there with the business team uh, right. and observing them, seeing how they operate and learning from them. But obviously performing that legal role uh, just alongside the business guy. So that was very, uh, very educational and, 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 a great experience. Um, and then, uh, yes. And then Sina came calling. So Sina, uh, is a, uh, Chinese digital media platform that's yes. been around for over 20 years now. We're listed on the NASDAQ for the last 20 years. Uh, so very, uh, a, a very kind of, you know, stock, um, uh, dinosaur almost, uh, yeah. Uh, but we've obviously have uh, reinvented ourselves multiple times in order to stay competitive. Um, and uh, I was talking to the chairman and the CEO there through our partnership with the NBA. Um, and they asked me to join them uh, on, in, the, in the sports department. Um, and, uh, and, and, and it's been a great ride. I've been there for over five years now. Uh, my role has very much shifted and, and, and molded by both the situation uh, externally in China, as sport kind of went through the, a big uh, growth spurt. Um, and then also in terms of within the company um, and what it meant to uh, have this sports company um, that belongs to both a Sina side and also the Weibo side. Weibo is the biggest open social media platform in China. Right. And also personally, um, having kind of looked into um, the situation at Sina and observing and finding kind of the right niche uh, for myself, so okay. uh, one of my biggest trepidations about going there was the fact that it's a Chinese company, and I've never worked in a Chinese company. Um, and so my title now is head of international, uh, which means that it's more external-facing. Um, mm-hmm. I am much more involved in the international community and in the industry, and trying to create partnerships um, uh, uh, in one of the three business lines that we now have uh, and that's really kind of my my I guess i found my niche uh, and my my bread and butter uh, is really kind of communicating and and being that bridge between the international community and what we're doing uh, in cena um, yeah so that's that's kind of my my career in a nutshell um, and I guess one thing is on the sports tech side I've started uh, a few years ago, a passion project, I guess, uh, in terms of advising companies, uh, startups in the sports tech space, um, and also being a mentor and participating in the ecosystem. Uh, so I'm a, a mentor for Stadia Ventures uh, and Hype Innovation and a few other ones.
0: Excellent. I think it's a, it's a great journey that people uh, feel that, OK, I need to have an exact education to be part of some career. I think it is not. It's about the passion and the direction that you want to take it. From computer science to uh, heading international business for a for a, a a sporting giant of China, so I think it's it's a great uh, great journey.
1: Well, they you know the 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 legal career and the legal experience helps in this industry and the the entertainment yeah. industry. I and mean, it's not it's not a fluke that there's a lot of attorneys in these industries. Mm-hmm. The reason being that. Uh, really at the core of these industries, um, especially for the content, the rights holders and the content creators um, are these intellectual properties, right? I mean, right. We, we, we've always said that, hey, look, we're, we're not, we don't produce a product and we don't really produce a service, right? right. Uh, we're really selling intellectual property. Um, and right. so for people with legal background who understand how to, in the best way, uh, to transform those properties into revenue. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's, there's really a place for that. Um, and, uh, and, and, and that's the reason why you see a lot of
0: attorneys in these areas. Excellent. I think this also gives a good career advice for people to, to not to know the legal side of business and understanding and giving importance to the legal side as well, the law as a, as, as a career, which can get them to sports and sports law is picking up pretty well in India and South Asia as well nowadays. Um, right.
1: yes yeah. so there's there's a lot of folks who who do that where there are
0: they, you know they are uh, certain
1: law firms in the states that uh very much concentrate on sports law um and really sports law is a bit of a misnomer because you're really dealing with law in each of the uh, uh okay. different areas um it's just that they're re- relating to sports um right. and uh, you know con- a contract is a contract it just happens that yeah. you're dealing with a sponsorship contract in sports versus a, a regular contract right
0: right and so great so uh, so c- coming to your uh, the stint with SENA, which is uh, five plus years and uh, you head the international business so uh, uh, what i uh, what what we what i know uh, talking to you is you're responsible for uh, creation of the properties and also expansion of those properties uh, what are these properties created for and how do you plan to grow it internationally? Or how are you doing it all internationally? Right. Right. So um, we have three lines of business. Um, I alluded
1: to two of them. One is our sports website where we do a lot of broadcasting of events mm-hmm. from around the world. We also have a huge editorial team. Uh, so you can think of us as uh, Yahoo Sport or ESPN. Uh, that type of a a digital media platform. Uh, We also, uh, so Sina incubated Weibo, uh, which is a big open social media platform in China. uh, It's one of the top three uh, platforms. We have about 500 million monthly active users. Um, So within that platform, um, our sports vertical serves as the the platform itself, but we are also the largest content creator on the platform. Uh, So not only do we, uh, so then you were kind of two hats. One is that uh, our guys who write for our digital media platform also writes for the Weibo platform. So we right. operate our, uh, quite a few of the largest sports-related accounts. Uh, so we're able to generate a very large viewership, not only on the, our website, but also on the social media platform. Um, right. And then secondly, you know, as the platform itself, we are um, in the business of getting... Um, any relevant account uh, holders to, to, I mean, uh, accounts to, to, to open up. Uh, so that could be from uh, rights holders to teams, leagues, uh, individuals, athletes, influencers, brands, uh, media, other media, um, you know, all, all across the spectrum uh, for anyone who should have an account uh, to open that account for them to be, uh, involved in what we're doing for them to create interesting content in order to increase the interaction rate of the platform. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there uh, it's been very interesting to, to you know uh, work on some of the bigger athlete openings so Neymar for example that we did and and, and now we pretty much have everyone on the platform um, and then so five years ago when I joined you know a few of us looked at what we had um, and what we didn't have, uh, what, what we had were two large platforms, one media platform, which is very much concentrated on sports fans. And we had the social media platform that had a much larger fan, uh, platform base, but um, maybe not so much uh, 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 hardcore sports fans, right? A lot of casual sports fans. But we do encompass the entire uh, fan, you know, fandom in, in China. And, 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 uh, but one thing we did lack, uh, was a way to directly extract revenue from them. So a direct B2C model uh, was not really existing. And the reason for that is, um, unlike the Western world, uh, the pay subscription model uh, for, for, for media rights doesn't really exist. Uh, it's something that has been cultivated over the last few years by other platforms, uh, but back then, uh, you know, it didn't really exist. So we could not um, actually charge fans uh, for for the content. Uh, one reason being that um, there's not enough of a, a fan base to do some of that stuff. Um, and then secondly, uh, partially probably due to the fault of Sina, uh, over the last 20 years, we've been giving fans the content for free. Uh, and I know that in India, you, you have this issue as well, where it's yeah. hard to get people to pay for something after you've given them for free yes. for so long. Um, and, and so we basically relied on the B2C model. It's hundred percent revenue coming from advertising. Uh, and we said, well, what so, but, but we did have this very large fan base. Mm-hmm. What can we do with that fan base? Um, and that's where we started creating our own offline events. Uh, we looked at the model of ESPN creating X games 30 years mm-hmm. ago, uh, and really owning your own rights. Uh, as opposed to buying the rice periodically from other rice holders. And we said, hey, look, well, any, and and, and that's the strategy that was developed was that the model being, because we have such a large fan base, I can drive all of the fans, all of the eyeballs into anything, not anything, but into into a property that we create um, and generate more than that property will generate organically. You know, multiples of what that property will generate organically. So now we have as our flagship product, um, the world's largest three-on-three basketball tournament. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's a FIBA-endorsed tournament that last year we ran in 185 cities in China uh, and over 200,000 participants uh, on the amateur level. So it's a massive tournament. Um, This year with the virus, uh, we're postponing it until July uh, and so it'll be in probably at least at least over 100 cities, but not going to be 185 like last year um, mm-hmm. because the, 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 the period will be shorter in terms of the playing time. Um, okay. And we also have a futsal tournament in over 50 cities, and we also have an alpine skiing contest in over 100 ski resorts across China. Wow. Uh, and uh, for all of them, I mean, we're duplicating the model where we are able to leverage our uh, large viewership in order to generate very high traffic, which in turn uh, really attracts a lot of sponsors. Uh, So for example, our round three basketball tournament, uh, tournament, we've accumulated over 10 billion hashtag views, uh, over 3 billion video views. Uh, for an amateur tournament, right? And, uh, and, and, and we've done very, very well in terms of the sponsorship as well. Uh, in the past, we've had mm-hmm. McDonald's, Lenovo, Samsung, Uh, quite a few international brands and also a whole host of Chinese brands as well. Uh, So that's, that's, that's kind of the the model that we've created is to leverage uh, you know, our online presence in order to create these offline events and drive traffic to them. Uh, It's a, it's a pretty unique model, like I mentioned uh, and it's, it's really found success. Um, I would say that without that model, if so, cause uh, we always ask this question internally, are we an event operator or are we a media platform? And the answer is always that we're a media platform first and foremost, because without the media platform, there is really no event for us to, you know, to, to, to give exposure to because there are so many event operators, but, um, no one has the type of exposure that we do, uh, sure. which makes it very, very difficult to amplify the, the, the event and to, uh, you know, make it into a valuable brand. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's an interesting uh, way to look at the problem, uh, which you had user base, we had content consumers, but not making, uh, getting revenue from that and then creating the properties which will be absorbed by these and amplify the user base. I think it's a great problem, uh, which is solved uh, differently and, and, and replicated. I, I think it's a great job done. So we're
1: still, not, we're still not directly, uh, you know, monetizing the, the users, right? We're still using the users as a indirect way in order to yes. access revenue from sponsors that otherwise wouldn't come to us because a lot yeah. of times the, the, the sponsors for our tournaments are also advertisers on the platform, right? right. Uh, McDonald's, for example, I mean, of course they're going to buy online ad, but the, what we're introducing to them is an additional, uh, part uh, an additional project or additional method in order mm. to reach their fans, right? Because yes. if all we can offer to them is online ads, they're only going to spend so much of their budget, or they're only going to okay. spend the online media budget with us. They're not going to spend the offline events or campaign budget with us. Uh, so we're just giving them another reason uh, to, to 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 spend more money on the platform. Okay.
0: So, uh, so uh, as of uh, like uh, as the Cena. Uh, Golden League or Sina Elite League has grown significantly, and it's a three by it's a three by three, which is FIBA approved and everything. But what has three by three done to basket? Uh, if you can give a light, what has it done to the the basketball and how the more people got involved and grew the ecosystem? If you can, uh, because you have an NBA background and now three by three, so I think it will be good. Uh, one of those very few guys who can actually uh, kind of it's not comparing, but actually talking about how they complement each other and grow the game of basketball
1: yeah i mean i I think we 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 got lucky a little bit um at the beginning i mean w- one of the considerations for doing three on three is because when we look at Weibo when we look at our user base um the vast majority on you know, Weibo i think now is ninety two percent of the users are uh coming from mobile devices um and so one of the considerations when we looked at potential events to get into um is the fact that which events have tighter, you know, camera angles, which events are fast and uh, have shorter period of viewing, everything that's mobile-centric and and mobile-focused. And what we said was three-on-three basketball, five-on-five-football, because these are shorter versions of the game, tighter angle, half-core, you know, 20-minute, 10-minute game clock, 20-minute game uh, uh, playing clock, um, and that's something that can be very much consumed easily in, in, in chunks on, on the mobile device. So that was one thing that we were thinking about. But uh, obviously, FIBA has really driven the three-on-three uh, uh, game internationally, and they've done a tremendous job. Um, and so a couple of years after, after we started, uh, it became part of the Olympics. And so it was almost yeah. like overnight, all of a sudden, we're sitting in a nice spot uh, where we have an event that, will, that, that has garnered and will garner. Uh, a lot of interest going forward, um, right. and as I started getting more involved with it and and, and, and watching it, um, you know, I realized that hey, it is a different game than the five-on-five five game, right? right? It's it's much faster, it's much more physical, uh, it's 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 it, what, and and it's also because it, the shorter amount of playing time uh, right. is more exciting in certain ways. Um, I kind of compare the NBA games to a two-hour movie, right? I mean, you could have good movies and bad movies and you're sitting there and it's one plot and it's two hours. Uh, yeah. The three-on-three three game is much more like a TV show, right? 20 minutes, you have a whole, if you don't like it, if you didn't like that those 20 minutes, well, I have one coming up that's a whole different set of characters, a whole different plot, another, you know, buzzer beater potentially. Uh, so it just, it's just, it's, it's it's more geared towards, I think, a younger audience, a mobile-friendly audience. Um, and uh, And so, in terms of kind of opening that up to a different group of viewers who might be a little bit younger. um, And everybody plays basketball on the three on three side. You know, everyone its not that often that growing up, you're playing five on five full court. Uh, So you're playing a lot of times you're playing half court. And then, so fans can very easily appreciate um, the athleticism and the the expertise that these uh, players bring right I mean there's some of the best players in the world like for example our elite league which is that international competition um, last year we had I think quite a few of the top 10 or top 20 players and I think we had like four or five of the top 20 teams from around the world coming to China to play in our tournament and uh, the team that won Harlem uh, from New York uh, from U.S. Uh, one of the teams the best player on that team and he's actually FIBA's regular season MVP last year uh, was selected shortly after our tournament to be on team USA uh, to represent oh, wow. team USA in the qualifying tournament that will happen soon and then we'll hopefully if they make it then they 'll be uh, olympian uh, in next year 's olympics uh, so these are very high level players but okay. because it 's right now it 's still a growing sport uh, we 're mm-hmm. able to get them to come and play in our tournament and and, and just watching that level of play, I can mm-hmm. see that how it could be very very attractive and and, and one of our Mission, our duty is to continue to help exemplify that game and give exposure yes. to that game uh, in China and, and also internationally.
0: Excellent. I, I, even though India had a 3x3 had a three three tournament last year and it was a pretty good success. Uh, uh, yeah, we
1: know yeah. those guys.
0: <coughs> oh, yeah, yeah. so uh, Rohit, right? Rohit is yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So I had, I, had the, uh, I had a chance to work with him on, on a couple of things on the sponsorship and getting the team owners and all those things. So it was, it was fun. So that's when, that was my first exposure to 3 by 3 and I really loved it. The way promotions happens inside the big malls and all. I think it was a pretty fun thing for people to see it as well. It, it, it doesn't need to have a big arena. It actually worked in a mall so well. Uh, yes.
1: So out of our 185 stops last year, uh, the majority were in malls. So we actually have good uh, relationship and sponsorship deals with several big, uh, mall developers and real estate developers in China. Um, yeah. and then uh, basically anywhere that, uh, you have high foot traffic and that tends to be malls. Uh, and also due to the weather, a lot of times we're playing either indoors or yeah. out, outside of the mall. Uh, we also play quite a bit in universities. Uh, again, it's, it's high traffic areas uh, yes. where we go in and, and also a lot of the players and the teams are come from the universities as well. So okay. very much grassroots level uh, gameplay. But then because we have so many players that eventually as they get to the uh, the finals uh, in China and also the international competition, then, you know, it's no longer amateurs. Like I can, yeah. we can't go play in that tournament anymore. But uh, we like the fact that we're building it from ground up and to answer your question a little bit earlier about you know what have we contributed i mean we see out stories all the time i mean you're you're running 185 events around china you're there's got to be stories Um, and we have one guy who came in um he had he had one leg um and uh and then we have because we will invite the fans to do you know different contests and and he came in and he made i think like six or seven three-pointers in a row um and we kind of made that a big story out of that because we are the media so we're able to do that uh and that video was seen quite a few times and then the uh chinese paralympics team immediately called us and said hey we want (laughs) we want to meet this guy um and so so there are a lot of stories like that which are really really cool and we have another team that came out of um this mountainous region between tibet and Sichuan, so the province Mm -hmm. next to tibet um and these guys are you know young 20 year old kids who never really left that mountainous region and we hosted a satellite company or a satellite tournament there um, and they played in it and they won and so we brought them to Chengdu for the uh, Sichuan province uh, finale and they beat the team that won it the year before so then they cool. got invited to Beijing and they've never been to Beijing and then we, we thought it was such a great story that we actually flew them to Manila uh, because we had a stop in the Philippines and we actually uh-huh. invited them to go out there and to represent not, you know, it's, it goes beyond basketball at that point, to really represent China and the culture yes. that they represent, uh, you know, in Tibet and in Sichuan. So, um, yeah, so lots of, lots of interesting stories here and there. I mean, we always have, like, people, like, we had a, we had a woman who came in uh, in a pair of jeans and then she had, like, ten three-pointers in a row. And, you know, a lot of Whoa. random stories that, like that. So, it's, uh, yeah, we, we do feel like that, that is, you know, contributing to the, to the, to the community a little bit.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, being a media backbone actually helps creating these stories better, and uh, that you know the crux of the market, that what they want to see, what they want to hear, I think uh, that also helps a lot. So it is a good uh, thing to know that okay, the event company back uh, is a media together actually comes out with the good stories. Yeah So uh, yeah, so, uh, so Sam, uh, this, all the things you are do- talking about and doing, I think there is a, there is a baseline of something called sports consulting here. So, uh, which is also one of the things that uh, you do, you like because of the whole background. So, uh, how does it, what is sports consulting and how does it, what are the objectives of typical sports consulting It, and how does it work in the upcoming market vis-a-vis a mature market? I know this could be a three-hour session, but if you can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, so I, I, I serve as an advisor, so it's more of an advisory than than a consulting. I mean, I'm, I don't work with um, any big companies because obviously there might mm-hmm. be Complex with, with yes. what I'm doing at Uh so this is much more. And it started off as just working uh, and, and and with you know people in industry or friends uh, who are looking for a little bit of a help. Um, so a, a lot of the startups they have advisory boards uh, where you have um, folks in the industries or areas that they need um, a, more expertise in, um, and the advisors was uh, help them by finding. Uh, uh, potential networking uh, situations or finding potential deals or giving advice on strategy. Um, and, uh, and, and and from an advisor perspective, uh, the benefit is really in kind of touching the, 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 the newest technology and looking at the newest trends, uh, which obviously benefits uh, you know, the company the Cena that I'm working with because I get to see a lot of the interesting ideas and the technologies that are coming out of these, uh, these startups uh, And so I love I just love being kind of around them and uh, the entrepreneurial spirit that a lot of these young guys have
0: uh, Yeah, and uh, so how so when you are consulting with these companies, the sports tech startups and all those things, uh, consulting means advising. So how, what is the difference when you advise them? What is the difference uh, when, when the company is looking after a mature market or the company is looking after the upcoming market? How do you uh, look at that side?
1: Yeah, um I think ultimately um, there's not that much difference. I would say, I mean, I think, I think the, for any startup, you really need to identify the market that, uh, you're going after and then you need to adopt to that market. So whether it is a mature market versus a, a, a kind of an upstart market, uh, you just have to make sure that that's the right one to be in. Uh, Mm -hmm. because a lot of times really when it comes down to is whether the big, the market is big enough to generate sufficient revenue, Mm -hmm. right? So if you are in an upstart market, but there are a lot of successes right in the, uh, uh, dream 11 is the one that we always hear about um that it is somehow you know in, in in a market where you feel like maybe there's not that much revenue they're able to do it so it's really not necessarily about the market but it's really about how you can tap into it and really gain market share uh okay. in those markets
0: excellent so uh, and with your uh as a mentorship advisory board with hype or startup boot camp and other other uh, network what are the trends that you're seeing in sports tech uh, currently
1: yeah in terms of uh, verticals that are that are very hot i guess uh so i think esports is definitely one uh and uh, it's, it's 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 i think it's definitely a trend here to stay accelerated by the coronavirus situation uh, now we're seeing some re- really, you know, re- really, really good numbers uh, in terms of viewership, and I don't, I don't think that that's just going to go away. Uh, it's really an area that is building its own entire ecosystem. So if you're looking at the traditional sports and the ecosystem that exists there, uh, you're basically starting with a blank canvas and trying to recreate the entire system, and that means that there's many, many uh, areas within that ecosystem uh, where companies can try to get market share uh so that's why it's you do have a lot of companies going into it uh but i I do think that the potential there is big enough uh you know for there to be sufficient winners from that particular market um betting and fantasy sports is another one we mentioned dream 11 Uh, in the states uh, uh the legalization of betting uh will only proliferate uh, you yeah. have now almost, I think almost half, uh, close to half of company or of States, uh, are, are, yes. uh, you know, allowing betting. Um, and we see DraftKings, you know, IPOing a couple of months, a couple of weeks ago and doing very well. Um, so I think there's, it, 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 again, it's a big market that's growing. Um, and then, um, and my personal favorite is health and fitness. Um, mm-hmm. I think, uh, and, and one that, in China, just as in many developing markets, actually, this is one where for the developing markets, as um, the, the the middle class continues to grow in China and mm-hmm. India and also in a lot of Southeast Asian countries, um, there will be a big focus for people on their personal well-being, yes. and that means uh, nutritional uh, mental and physical health, um, and in each of those, we have a lot of examples of, you know, from meditation apps to Peloton, you know, to equipment makers yeah. to, to, uh, to nutritional, you know, uh, uh, companies, um, all trying to really capture that market. And that's again a very high, explosive growth market, especially I think in the developing uh, countries.
0: Excellent. And uh, one last question that I have, it's like, uh, how do you think the sports tech is, act- sports tech is actually impacting the way we experience sports, say, from a, from a sport to a fan to athlete? So how does it, how do, how does it change? Oh, in, in, in every way, in mean, so many ways,
1: right? I mean, uh, I, I, I think technology changes people's lives. Uh, if you look back 50 years ago, uh, everyone's watching the game on you know, radio or listening to the game on the radio or watching the game on TV. And that's, to the extent of it, uh, pretty much all you're doing with technology, yeah. right? And uh, uh, then you kind of have you know, the newspapers and uh, the, 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 the water cooler talks the day after. Yeah. And, uh, and that's it. But now, I mean, you are bombarded with technology um, in the journey of a fan um mm-hmm. and uh you know every, every minute i mean there's alerts and this and that and there's more interaction there's more uh participation from the fans in the entire you know viewership uh, uh area athletes same thing i mean the amount of performance and and, and that's always always going to uh, advance right the moment mm-hmm. every from the simple things like, you know, a tennis racket, right? If you look yeah. back 50 years, you have wooden rackets uh, to, to <laughs> you know, very advanced uh, uh, saber metrics and, uh, and, fit and 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 performance data that you're seeing now. Um, and that's only going to, because everyone, you know, if you're in any sort of competition, you're always looking for an edge. Um, and technology can provide that edge to you. So, yeah, it changes almost any aspect of, uh, of, of, of everyone in the, in the sports industry, right? And health, health and fitness as well. Uh, being able to track your own heartbeat, being able to train better, even if you're just a weekend warrior, uh, you know, really has changed people's lives.
0: Excellent. Excellent, Sam. And uh, because of your title, I, I, it pushes me to ask you one more question. You're, you're head of the international business. What does it mean to be uh, – what the, what is internationalization of sport means?
1: I think, I think it means to really transcend language and culture, uh, and, uh, and, and, and that's what we are trying to do with our own offline events. Uh, if you look at all of the bigger events from around the world, uh, it, it's, it's not really about um, a particular you know, language or a particular place, but it's really about how that experience can affect people from all different places. Um, and that's what we're trying to do.
0: Excellent, excellent, Sam. Uh, really appreciate your time. I think it was wonderful for people to understand uh, firstly what Senna does, what your role is, and how how you can grow in your career with having the right intention and right goal. Uh, and also the the in- inputs about the fan engagement or the technology. And obviously, I think it was a wonderful chat. I can I think I can go on for a longer time, but I don't want this is the Friday evening for you. I don't want to. <laughs> Not take it anymore, But I, it will be great to chat with you again on some other topics uh, uh, and uh, share, share the knowledge where, uh, on this platform, sportsy where we talk about sports.
1: Absolutely. A pleasure, Sid. Thanks so much. Yes.
0: Thank you. And really have a nice day and take care. All right. Thanks. Thank you for watching. Thank you for liking and thank you for sharing. But please do subscribe on our channel, C Says, and follow our handle, C Says, across all social media platforms. Please help I'll spread the word about sportsy let's talk sports do subscribe on sportsy says